0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Town Manager Download, a podcast about local government and the town of Shrewsbury. I'm Kevin Mizikar, town manager of the town of Shrewsbury, and as always, I'm joined by communications coordinator Taylor Galusha. In today's episode, we'll be joined by Chris McGoldrick, director of planning and economic development. We'll spend a little bit of time talking about uh, the Commonwealth's MBTA Communities Initiative to help increase housing stock across the Commonwealth. What's going on, Taylor?
1: We are back in the new year
0: 2024
1: it's like our one year tmdl like anniversary too Right. it's been a full year
0: season two well well underway mm-hmm. and a full year of doing the podcast that's yeah. awesome this is episode 30 yeah so good for us staying on pace we did it nearly every other week it's <laughs> good How that's was been your going first on. snow weekend that's yeah interesting uh it's definitely been a while since we've had that much snow, at least according to my body, after, yesterday, <laughs> after working to clean things up yesterday. But it's been good when um, skiing on Saturday night before the storm actually started. We didn't know if we were going to get some of the front edge. It was snowing on the way home, but mm-hmm. that was a lot of fun. My daughter Ella wanted to try snowboarding this year, so she went all in and fell down a lot first night but did really good at the end and alexa was probably bored (laughs) because lfl so much but things were good it was it was a good trip out and then i got to have another interesting experience on sunday after i got everything cleaned up alexa and i went out driving so that's her first real heavy duty snow (laughs) driving which she did great there's no doubt about it but there's no control in the passenger seat. <laughs> From the passenger but seat.
1: I remember my dad, when I was first learning how to drive, he took me out in the snow. And we did like in two different vehicles. He had his like F-150 that we went out. He followed
2: you? No, oh, he okay. put me
1: in it. He Got put me it. in the F-150, he was in the car. Cause I was like the biggest, I was learning to drive on like a VW Bug. So like probably the size of like yeah. the bed of the truck. And then he took me out in the big truck. And then he let me do donuts, but we don't tell my mom that. Okay. We won't tell her. I don't know if she listens, so I think I'm still good. Yeah. You
0: can't have that kind of fun in most new cars now. No. Just impossible. Yeah. What have you been up to?
1: I took a week off, which was nice to kind of recoup from the holidays. My sister came home from Ireland, so we hung out. We went up to Maine, which is fun. Nice. Read my first book of the year. Rereading. reading the start
0: book. and finished in
1: the yep. new year mm-hmm. one jan one that's all i, I did that day nice um, what was it percy jackson the first the lightning thief there's a new tv show out on disney plus so oh yeah i, I grew that. up reading those books so it was like fun reading it nice. as an adult so. yeah one one of 50 the goal is 50 this year
0: i finished so. a book already but i started last year i i saw it in the globe like top books it was called north woods it's like
1: I added that to my list. It's, re- it's on my reading list. It's really
0: interesting. It's set in Western Mass. Yes. And It's about the people who lived in a in a single dwelling. It's it's interesting. Did
1: we talk? Did we talk about? No, it no? I've never talked. I about talked it. about this with someone else. I'm then. sharing this I with I added first it time to my list, so I'll them. read it too. We can yeah. start a book club.
0: I'm not interested.
1: <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> What's up in the shrew?
1: We have a lot of new things going on in the new year. Um, the town clerk's office, their dog licenses are open for applications, so renewals and new licenses. But this year, for the first time, they'll be fully online. Um, so residents can visit the town clerk's webpage um, on the shrewsburyma.gov website and um, register their dogs online. They're also going to be doing some like in-person help sessions as well on um, January 11th. Um, at between 8:30 and 10 30, but they have like a whole tutorial video up on their site. It's on YouTube. Um, they did a really great job trying to make it as easy as a transition as possible. And from my understanding, they've gotten quite a few licenses so far, which is good. Good for them. Um, The Senior Center, we mentioned it last episode, I think, the Young Adults Helping Out Others program, Yahoo. Mm -hmm. Um, They're doing those information sessions on January 16th and the 20th. Um, It's just a new program for the town and a great way for young adults um, to help out um, older adults in the community with spring and fall cleanups. So the Senior Center will be doing an info session on that and then another new program that the town is hosting is a homeowner's basics getting to know your town services like kind of presentation forum so we'll have representatives from um, the building inspector's office planning fire water sewer conservation um, assessor's office the whole Whole bunch of people yeah. um on january 16th at the um police department training room at 6 p.m um it's also can attend virtually as well but yeah. they'll give it, kind of good information for new home- homeowners in town and whatnot
0: these things all could easily go unnoticed but they're all manifestations of the strategic plan yes. that we put in place now a year ago as well, right? So citizen-centric services and mm-hmm. providing more flexibility. Dog licenses, example of that. Community engagement, uh, helping people uh, thrive and and um, things like that. It's like the Yahoo program, right? Like connecting seniors and young folks and... Uh, helping people stay in their homes, things like that. Yeah. Um, and the homeowners forum is is just great. Across the board engagement, uh, helping people um, understand how the government works, how the government can work for them, what their responsibilities are, uh, how various town staff think about things when they approach a building permit or what they should look for when they're buying a home. Mm-hmm. So all educational, community engagement, prosperous, things like that.
1: Yeah, um I've, we actually, actually just before that we recorded this, I was at our like run through or practice just to see everyone's mm-hmm. slides and everything and everyone seems pretty excited about it. So Good. Um, I think it'll be the first it's the first of its kind, but not the last of its kind and we were already brainstorming doing it for other departments. So Good. Um I think everyone seems really excited about it.
0: And who's hosting this this Um
1: week? the building inspector's office. Great. So this is Patty's, Patty's original idea and kind of came together. So Wonderful. And last but not least, because we'll talk about it more, we do have a survey going on for our MBT communities um, initiative in town. Um, but we'll talk more about that with Chris in a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit before we bring Chris McGoldrick in uh, to join us. So we're going to talk about the MBTA Communities Initiative, which is an initiative of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, really, to to increase housing stock. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know a couple things, but we're going di- to, you know, we'll dive deep into it with Chris and focus our conversation there. But, you know, we certainly have seen the... Um, Price of housing continue to go up. Basic supply and demand, right? There's not a lot of supply out there in the market. When that happens, the, the cost often increases. And we've really seen that if folks would go back to the first select board presentation in October, the number of home sales, the number of times homes have turned over in the last three years in Shrewsbury is is less than half of what it was You know, from 2022 is half of what it was uh, in the prior years. Um, so nothing's moving in the market there's not a lot of increased opportunity for new home buyers or people moving into the area prices are way up there so there's a lot of challenges and how do we get affordable housing and how do we manage the cost of those existing homes is really i think the centerpiece of this initiative and
1: it's um, not just a shrewsbury it's a state country issue yeah like any i think it's like a relatable topic of conversation, especially like people my age that Mm -hmm. are a few years out of school now looking to buy homes. Not a lot of people I know are able to buy homes right now. So it's definitely like a very permanent issue. Yeah.
0: And one of the interesting parts in Massachusetts is then, you know, we had, um, you know, our number of people moving out of Massachusetts were greater than those moving in and we still have this housing mm-hmm. issue. So it's not like uh, we're a booming part of the country where you know where people are moving here more than they're moving away. It's actually right. the opposite according to uh, census data. So uh, it's a big challenge for us to face. Yeah. So uh, let's bring the expert in on the matter. We'll have the Director of Planning and Economic Development, Chris McGoldrick, join us here on the Town Manager Download. All right. Well, welcome, Chris. It's Thank great you. to have you here. Um, we always like to start off. We have a we have a pretty specific topic that we're going to get into. Chris is, of course, the Director of Planning and Economic Development with a, a broad portfolio or a broader portfolio of responsibility than we'll actually talk about today. And we can have you uh, back to talk general planning and economic development. But we have a really salient, timely uh, issue to talk about with the MBTA community zoning. But we don't want to skip the most important part with allowing people to get a little bit more familiar with our local government and, and you personally. So Chris, why don't you give us a little intro on yourself. Tell us how long you've been with the town and how did you end up in local government and specifically making it into your current position as director of planning and economic development. Thank you.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, I I was originally kind of right out of planning school, uh, UMass Amherst. I I got my master's there. um, And right out of that, I was given the opportunity to to come to uh, Shrewsbury in 2016 um, and kind of worked with the community there as the assistant town planner. Um, Worked really closely with uh, Kristen Lass uh, at that time, um, really kind of learning from the kind of conceptual parts of planning school and the the realities of, of a planning department and how that works um, and really work to, to learn the process that way. Um, from 2016 to 2019, I was the assistant planner. Um, I was then given an opportunity in Grafton um, to go and be the uh, director of planning there um, and did that until uh, just recently I was uh, given the opportunity to return to Shrewsbury, um, which has been... Um, a wonderful uh, experience to come back to a community that I kind of uh, learned the uh, learned the ropes in um, and and kind of come back as the director uh, mm. in that position
0: so uh, so you've been back with the town since November of 23 I think right correct yep so what what drove you to planning though um, how did you find that? You know, what, what was your bachelor's degree in and, and then how did you, you know, you, you got your master's degree in planning, but what was that thought process for you? Yeah, so
2: my bachelor's was in political science um, and I was uh, kind of working with that. I, I always liked politics and getting mm-hmm. into some kind of um, realm of, you know, public service mm-hmm. um, It has always been a, a draw for me. Um, but I was having a really kind of a struggle in uh, my bachelor's of finding like where in that realm I wanted to work uh, under and... Um, I took a, a year off uh, between um, my undergrad and actually took a course in the their uh, regional planning uh, department. Uh, it was a master's course as my bachelor's, just to kind of test drive mm-hmm. that area, um, took it as an elective. Um, and I was able to take a year off of uh, school and, and work uh, as an intern in my hometown uh, planning office. Uh, and from that, I just, I really fell in love with like the planning field and, and what we do. Um, I just, I really see it as a boots on the ground, um, a kind of process where we actually are affecting change and working with, uh, the public to, to develop, um, the initiatives that they want to see. Um, and that's really rewarding to me to see that there is like a lot of, uh, kind of results from the work that we do every day. So.
0: That's great. Yeah. We'll have to have you back and talk about the, the short, legacy of planning in shrewsbury and all those things but we'll save that because we have a lot to talk about with the mbta communities um let's just start at the kind of 101 level chris what 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 is the mbta community zoning initiative uh mandate uh, at the state level and um what's the intent behind it
2: yeah, so so it's a, a state mandate that was passed. Um, I think you gave a really good introduction to it, um, and I think the really the, the general idea uh, and the goal behind it is it's it's a piece of uh, what I think is the state's response to a lot of the national housing crisis and the state housing crisis. I know you guys talked about it's it's not just a Shrewsbury issue. This is something that's that's felt regionally, nationally, um, and you know the the increasing housing costs are always a, a discussion point. Um, what we've seen um, you know from our uh, evaluation really looking at vulnerable populations um, we have data that we've done through our normal planning process um, evaluating um, kind of housing cost burden but really those those vulnerable populations that we see um, through the data it's really again that community engagement brings out those those stories that we hear and it really is you know the first time home buyers people who have grown up in the community and have a hard time returning to it after they've graduated uh, and also retirees uh, people on fixed incomes um, that are unable to um, afford the costs as they, they uh, rise and it's you know obviously we want housing costs to go up that's good for for everybody but when they uh, grow at an exponential rate it creates those challenges for those vulnerable populations so developing that uh, variety of housing opportunities uh, allows people to transition out of um, kind of different uh, housing uh, opportunities into uh, something that might be better for them and they're uh-huh. able to. Uh, stay in the community that they've either grown up in or uh, stayed in. And it also allows us to attract uh, new residents uh, in that way uh, for similar reasons. So,
0: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think everyone kind of knows and, and sees and feels this problem, but how does the MBTA community's initiative try to get at or be part of that solution? What is it, what is it really asking us to do?
2: Yeah, and at, uh, at the, the basis of it, it's really reducing the regulatory barriers to uh, development of uh, higher density housing um, and really looks to focus around uh, transit infrastructure. So that's why it's based off of the MBTA communities, really looking at the, those corridors and those communities that are a part of that uh, MBTA network um, uh, and, and with that infrastructure uh, more able to provide, uh, for the, a higher density, uh, housing, uh, mm-hmm. impacts. So,
0: so really go, uh, you know, going back to supply and demand, right? So mm-hmm. the more, the more houses there are, the, the, the lower the cost in theory should be, um, so this is a zoning initiative though, right? So what, to what extent has the state kind of. Compelled or or, or um, tried to get communities to move in this direction, and you know, are there horizons or timelines that have been set out there for these homes to be built?
2: Yeah, so it is so it is a a state mandate. Um, there's no uh, timeline for the actual development of the housing. There's actually no requirement for the development of the housing. Um, the requirement is for the passage of zoning that allows for um, for uh, potentially the development of that. So again, it's reducing those re- regulatory barriers um, by um, allowing only a limited site plan review for projects of this nature. Um, it does give the flexibility for the community to to develop the specifics of that zoning lego uh, language and tailor it to the community. But um, in terms of the uh, development of the houses, there's no uh, mandate in towards uh, in
1: mm-hmm. space
2: of that. But um, kind of the carrot or the stick approach, the um, uh, detriment, I guess, if um, for non-compliance would be um, that there is uh, you know, a number of uh, grant opportunities, a significant uh, number of grant opportunities that mm-hmm. uh, the town would not be able to pursue. And those are grants that we see that we do regularly pursue for mm-hmm. um, our initiatives. So yeah.
1: There's different, um, classifications for the communities correct like there's the ones that actually have the mbta lines or stations within it and then there's communities like us that are technically adjacent do they have different um, requirements based on those categories
2: that's a great question so um there's two uh essential categories there's the mbta communities uh, and then what they call is adjacent communities shrewsbury is an adjacent community we don't have an MBTA station within our borders. Um, So we're still uh, mandated to pass the zoning, but um, where uh, communities that have the MBTA station are required to locate their district within a half mile of that MBTA station mm-hmm. um, as an adjacent community. We don't have any locational requirements. So um, we still obviously through good planning practices, want to look at infrastructure, both transportation um, and otherwise, uh, and and locate those uh, districts that will be developing in areas that can support it. Um, but, Uh, We we can look at it. We have the flexibility to look at it more broadly throughout the community rather than um, being within that half mile radius.
0: There's there's a bunch of public policy concepts, theories, aspects to the MBTA zoning communities. And, you know, going back to the mandate, um, some communities have tried to, quote unquote, fight it or stand up against it. it. It's certainly a mandate. You know and in, in a home rule state like massachusetts uh, you know you can certainly see communities concerns with the state coming in and telling us how we have to zone because that's supposed to be one of the primary local cons- local uh controls and decisions as far as how the community is built out i will share you know i personally i i think that there, there's no reason to fight the state on this in my opinion one we never want to put substantial grant funding at at risk that we would be putting at risk. And honestly, we we can all see the housing challenges. We we know that Shrewsbury is probably uh, one of the most, um, I'll use the term liberal communities as far as not having like very small or very large lot sizes, right? Like um, folks may have seen the Globe stories, um, the Boston Globe stories about housing development and how some communities tried to prevent growth residential growth within their community by creating these large lot size and in Shrewsbury town meeting has rejected that every time that's ever come up to them so um, despite that we still haven't met our affordable our fair share um, our subsidized housing inventory of at least 10 percent but the community's really grown uh, values of homes have really grown over time so um not as like a a laboratory, but I, I'm interested to see how this initiative from from a state perspective is, is going to play out in the future because this is a, a, a growing crisis in, in the Commonwealth. Um, I have kids, you have a, a young son, like what what's it gonna be like when he's trying to buy a house? Is a, is a starter home going to be you know, what today's average single family home is in the Commonwealth, which is $600,000. Like how how do these things even work, right? Like that's impossible uh, for someone starting out um, unless we see rampant wage inflation. So that's my my little MBTA communities rant. Like I wanna see how this public policy uh, plays out and um, every community that has the opportunity to help overcome this grand challenge that we have when it comes to housing, should do their role and 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 try to find an all of government approach for us. So, um, so let's talk about specifically. We, we have a general understanding of what the MBTA uh, mandate communities mandate looks like. What are we doing here in Shrewsbury to to tackle this? You know how have, how have you led us um, towards compliance and you know? Let's look at the big picture and then where are we at right now?
2: Yeah, and I think um, kind of to your point, I really think that the the overall goal that our department has taken um, is really looking at this as an opportunity to evaluate um, how we regulate density uh, in Shrewsbury. You know, we can focus on the the negatives of um, the potential of noncompliance, but really looking at this, I think there is an opportunity to one take credit for the uh, zoning that we've already passed that that you mentioned that really goes towards Mm -hmm. um, these efforts. This isn't a new problem that we've grappled with. It's just a mandate in in terms of that problem um, and really looking to uh, develop, you know, that discussion around density as we grow. Um, So what we've been doing, um, but primarily for the the mandate, uh, has been just a lot of uh, public engagement. So um, we started with, you know, At the base meeting the regulatory requirements of uh, developing uh, presentation to the select board um, and meeting those for interim compliance uh, and the the kind of steps that we had to do to meet uh, interim compliance, create our action plan for the state showing that we are proceeding with uh, developing zoning. Uh, But what we've done is we've done a number of uh, community outreach sessions. We have the survey uh, available, which is still open. um, And I encourage everyone uh, who's interested or or, um, would like to have uh, some input, please go to that uh, survey. And, and, uh, you know, it's it's a very quick survey, looks at really high level MBTA zoning um, concepts, uh, trying to get some of that input. Um, But we also had a public engagement session. We ran a couple workshops um, where we kind of played with Legos and uh, looked at density that way. So really trying to make it fun and engaging um, and look at how um, we regulate density um, from an existing standpoint and to match this mandate. Um, and I think one of the things that's coming out of that is really looking at, uh, again, that existing density, whether it's larger apartment districts, um, the zoning that we already have in place, how do we modernize that? How do we improve upon that and those efforts to date, uh, to provide a, uh, local context to what we're required to pass.
0: Speaking of that local context, Chris, is there any development within the community, you know, um, like the lakeway commons development or the Edgemere drive and redevelopment that you could point to and say this is kind of what that density would look or feel like to meet mbta's zoning is it more dense than those like how would they what how could our listeners kind of get a feel for what it, um the the right amount of density as required by mbta communities would look like in shrewsbury
2: yeah, that's a great idea. So, um, so for example, the Lakeway Commons uh, District, um, that includes a commercial component, which we're not allowed to require with MBTA zoning, so that's important to, to note. Um, but just the residential portion of that, I believe, is at 30 units per acre, so that's actually twice the density um, that we would need to provide. Okay. Um, in terms of relating so so some of those uh, developments, density is kind of, uh, you know, dwelling unit per acre is a good measure of density, but it's not, um, you know, foolproof for lack of a better term. Um, you know, depending upon unit size and things like that, there's a lot that can be um, adjusted with uh, dwelling unit per acre. So, um, it really, it, it depends upon the context of Uh, the design guidelines that go along with the zoning. So um, although we have the 15 dwelling unit per acre requirement, really how we shape those design guidelines are gonna shape the feel and the context of the project um, that we ultimately wind up with. Um, And we do still uh, have that state uh, or the uh, site plan review process, which um, will help uh, the local board have some action, though limited in terms of kind of having a, a voice in that final implementation of a, any project that does come to fruition.
0: So what type of feedback have you been seeking from residents? What, if anything, can have we learned from that? And then how will that be applied moving forward?
2: Yeah, so um, through the survey and through the community engagement, we've been um, looking primarily at, uh, again, shaping some of those design guidelines. So looking at what kinds of architectural styles that um, people like, what types of uh, amenities that they want to see with projects of this scope and scale, um, what do they find is most important, um, and then looking at Know, some of the affordability requirements. Is this an opportunity uh, to pursue some of the affordability uh, restrictions that um, some of these uh, larger developments might be more conducive to developing? Mm-hmm. Um, we've received pretty varied feedback around a lot of it. Um, and so we're still, again, through that survey, we're still kind of uh, collecting some of that information, um, and, and we'll be happy to incorporate that in the, the mm-hmm. final regulations. But
0: this maybe isn't a fair question, but is that a miss with MBTA zoning affordability? You just mentioned it. Is there any specific affordability require? Like this is a zoning initiative, right? So uh, it, is there any component of this that compels affordability and what may need to be developed?
2: So no, so it, it does remain silent uh, in terms of affordability, and there's no requirement to include uh, an affordability component in the zoning. Um, I do think that that's a, a bit of a miss here. I think um, really the impetus for uh, a lot of this mandate uh, again is is looking at um, how we're developing uh, housing towards uh, the housing crisis and and housing costs, and so um, I do think in these you know these scales of projects um, you're better able to. Uh, provide some of those affordability options, Um, not that you can't otherwise, but again, I think this is an opportunity um, for us to drive uh, some additional affordability uh, in town, really drive for um, units to be added to our subsidized housing inventory that gives us benefits um, from a regulatory standpoint in other areas. So um, I think it's an opportunity to to really provide um, an environment that's more conducive to that affordability and allow, again, um, you know, Seniors who are looking to downsize, or um, you know, people who are looking to to rent or move into this community, um, to have those housing options available, um, and then providing that affordability restriction just allows to uh, incorporate some of that aspect into the project as well.
0: I'm kind of going deep into my well of my opinion on MBTA zoning, <laughs> which I don't really do on many topics, but. I mean I so I understand driving density with housing to increase the availability of housing but oftentimes that will only result in the development of uh, apartments and housing that will be leased and throughout this whole beginning of or you know this whole episode we've talked about affordability from the standpoint of home ownership and things like that is there anything associated with MBTA zonings that is going to maybe provide that opportunity for home ownership. I mean, is that within the realm of possibility of what we could see?
2: Yeah. And, and so um, from a zoning standpoint, um, it doesn't look at um, apartment or condo ownership. Um, so both of those would be available um, for these types of developments. And, I, you know, we actually have seen um, proposals in town for some of these higher density um Uh, Condo developments through the 40B process, so I think those are good examples of um, you know opportunities that that this would uh, provide. Projects you know similar to that, Uh, again, those probably are a larger density than what this uh, mandate is required Mm -hmm. to do. Um, But again, providing that middle housing, I I think um, looking at um, you know one and two family homes as well, they could still be built under these regulations. We do have. a base requirement um, for any uh, developments over five units or five new lots of 10% affordability. So um, we do have some of that existing in town. And again, this just allows us an opportunity to look at um, do we drive uh, additional affordability, whether it's condo or rental um, for that um, these more dense projects as well.
0: Let's just keep you on the hot hot seat and get into all the, all the- hot button topics what about accessory dwelling units is that anything related to that in the mbta
2: uh, so yeah there's there's nothing <laughs> nothing related <laughs> no. to accessory dwelling units in MBTA yeah. uh, we did uh, just pass in our town center zoning um, uh, allowing for accessory dwelling units. Um, that is something that um, obviously we've been looking at from our department um, and it's a, a, a frequent question uh, mm-hmm. that comes up um, you know a lot of times you know so we do it's somewhat similar we do allow uh, for in-law apartments mm-hmm. in certain zoning districts. Um, that's, uh, obviously a frequent question with those is when they develop them, can I resell it as a, as an accessory dwelling unit? Um, and under our current regulations, we don't, um, but that, that is an opportunity we might want to look at mm-hmm. in the future for, um, expanding those accessory dwelling units and, and starting with the town center district, allowing, um, the definition and, and trying to be, um, a little bit tactical of how we roll that out, I think is, is part of that process. So, um, mm-hmm. We haven't had any projects uh, under that new zoning mm-hmm. as of yet. It's still a little bit um, new in its uh, implementation, but mm-hmm. um, as we see those projects, we'll evaluate if we want to expand that out or um, change our in-law apartment uses to be mm-hmm. a little bit more flexible or inclusive. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what's what's the what's the path forward here with with regards to timeline? What what targets are we trying to meet with MBTA zoning and? Um, what what can residents who maybe haven't been involved do to you know be part of the process from here on out?
2: Yeah. So December twenty twenty four is the uh, the cutoff date. Okay. Um, so that is that we have to have zoning uh, in place by December twenty twenty four for that uh, um, mandate or mm-hmm. per the mandate. Okay. Um, again, we've been doing the community engagement uh, process, uh, in light of that, uh, targeting, uh, for Maytown meeting to have the zoning, uh, developed and, and proposed. Um, I'm, you know, we're kind of in the process of, of kind of fine tuning, uh, and working through, uh, the language on that, um, looking at, um, probably having in March, the public hearings for, um, uh, planning board, uh, obviously that'll be discussed, uh, the planning board process will forward that language to the ZBA. i um, hoping to have the language at least in a very draft form by February um, so that, uh, we, you know, and we'll make that public obviously. So the community can uh, have input on that as well. So we're kind of really moving into that development phase. Things are going to start moving quickly as we move towards that Maytown meeting uh, to have that proposal. Um, and so that's why it's really important, again, to go to that survey um, and engage with our office and, and the development of that language.
0: So so have you gotten some good public feedback? You're, you're starting to draft the draft, um, the language for our zoning. Is there... When do you get to the where? Where is it going to be? Like, what what phase will that come out at? at what time in this process will folks start to understand how that looks?
2: Yeah, and I think um, so. We've we've had some discussions. You know, the public input from that. Um, you know, our recommendation uh, from from a broad stance was looking at where the existing infrastructure is, um, and looking at where uh, existing dense development already uh, exists, mm-hmm. um, and so that from our public engagement seems to be, um, in line with a lot of the, the feedback that we've been getting, um, seems to be responsive to that as well, to that concept. So, um, you know, really looking at, um, those, you know, just we've been looking at it generally, I think, you know, you know, February and March we'll start having, um, kind of some draft maps developed looking at that. Um, we do have to, uh, as we develop that district and develop the language, part and parcel, um, there is a compliance guidelines that we have to meet, um, which is a, a, a term that's really just for an Excel spreadsheet that takes in uh, the acreage and the unit capacity that we've developed uh, and allows us to, to run a model to make sure that we are meeting that um, capacity requirement that the state has. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be running it through that model um, and kind of fine tuning um, that as we go. But, but in general terms, really looking at um, where that existing density is, um, where there's opportunity to redevelop um, locations. Uh, again, we can put the zoning, it doesn't mean that it has to be built. Um, so finding where um, this zoning really fits for the sh- context of Shrewsbury is important mm-hmm. for where our locations are, so. I've got a couple ideas of where it could go, but sure. uh, but again, you know, we want to see where the, the community yeah. engages Absolutely. that. So, and that's been a great part of the survey is that actually has a map, and people have been uh, providing feedback via that map of uh, these are locations that they think might fit with that, and these are locations that they don't. So, again, we're still collecting and evaluating that information, but
1: it's a fun survey to build. Yeah. We made it very visual, <laughs> like from start to finish, of like what style of house mm-hmm. or dwelling unit would you like to see like what density like this is what a mid-rise looks like this is what townhomes mm-hmm. or row homes look like so i think it um is very approachable for any resident to kind of that go in and
0: house participation in bed. very good, good. good. I yeah think the we've... first
1: three days we had 50 responses on the survey and it's only gone up from there so good
2: yeah i think last i saw we were at 81 responses mm-hmm. so um you know we're, we're cognizant that's not a a you know, representative of the entire community, but um, that is that is a good uh, response rate from traditional surveys. I think our highest response rate was eighty-six uh-huh. um, surveys. So, um, so that's a great response rate. Uh, obviously, we want to see more, which is how I are always plugging that a, every chance we get. But uh, um, yeah,
1: people can access it on the planning page off of the town's website, so it's
2: yeah, we there for them. developed it in a way that um, it provides us an opportunity to get feedback, but I think it also, to your point, kind of gives a little bit of a, a snapshot into kind of how we're viewing these regulations mm-hmm. from a, a general standpoint as well of, mm-hmm. of what we're looking at. So, um, yeah.
0: Good. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a tough project. It, it's a state mandate. Um, it's It's got good roots in public policy and trying to, to handle a challenge. And Chris, I think you did a really good job of laying out probably, a you know, uh, not probably, but a really good uh, process for the, the community to go through it gives town meeting an opportunity to, you know, weigh in without their backs being up against the wall, and uh, being able to think about it. Um, we're doing a lot of upfront community engagement. We've been in the process for a year already at this point, um, and that participation is really coming to uh, a peak here in the in the next few weeks as we start to put pen to paper. So. Um, I just want to compliment you on really setting up, you know, a a really good process to get us through a really challenging initiative and that's what we do on a day-to-day basis to be the best local government in the world. So thanks for for all your work on that. We look forward to seeing the outcomes that will be front and center at the annual town meeting in May of, of 2024 and then I'm really interested to see what happens with MBTA community's requirements after zoning is put in place is there a next step at the state level um or other requirements or sticks or carrots but probably sticks <laughs> associated with it in the future so
1: some other ways people can engage for the rest of the project
2: yeah so i i mean i always encourage we're uh, kind of a full service department so uh you know, you can stop in any time and, and talk with us, uh, send us an email. Um, but again, that survey is going to be at this point probably the the most opportune way to engage. Um, but definitely um, feel free to call our office, stop by uh, during regular business hours, and we're happy to engage with the community. Um, as we move into the, uh, the formal process, mm-hmm. uh, again, we'll have that March 7th. Uh, public hearing uh with the planning board um we'll probably have some uh discussion level uh, items you know perhaps in the the february meeting Um, but uh, again we have the project page available which um, has uh, on the town website which has the survey link uh, but it also has just a wealth of information all of the um, kind of steps that we've done so far uh, leading up to it. Um, so it's definitely a, a great resource for uh, people to to go to to browse at their own time uh, and, and kind of get involved and and dug in with us on uh, addressing this mandate. So great. So we always like to take a,
0: a few moments at the end of uh, the town manager download. Uh, we all work on a day to day basis to develop the programs for being the best local government in the world. But. We like to hear what you like to do outside of work as well. So um, we have an inkling that you're more of a warm weather activity (laughs) person than a a cold weather activity person. So we'll go with what is the best water based activity that
2: uh you like to participate
1: instead of snow like kevin (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) i I do enjoy some snow activities but uh for water-based activity um yeah it's It's awesome yeah yeah as i was shoveling snow uh yesterday (laughs) i was definitely thinking it'd be great to be yeah (laughs) great to be out in, in some warm weather so um yeah we actually, I, I do a lot of sailing with my family. Um, we uh, were taking uh, lessons at Regatta Point in Worcester yeah. um, back uh, a couple of years ago. They have some sailing lessons that you can go sign up for. Um, it's provided, I think, in coordination with one of the colleges. Um, but uh, it kind of just teaches you on one of the small sailboats, kind of the basics of it, and then they get you out on the water and, and learn the basics of sailing. Um, so I've been doing that. Uh, my in-laws are... Uh, very much boaters that's every weekend they're they're of the summer they're they're down there uh, in Fairhaven, mm. uh, and so uh, just this last year we were uh, fortunate enough to be able to purchase our first sailboat oh, so wow um so we've been spending a, a lot of time on there which uh is admittedly a little difficult with a, a young one but sure. we're, we're learning the ropes of that um and it's been an adventure for sure wow. uh, and, and we love it so that's cool yeah how about you taylor <laughs>
1: I feel like I'm obligated to say swimming. Cause okay. I'm a swimmer. So yeah. I'll go with that because I did it for like 16 years. That's so. true. Yeah. <laughs> so you were on the swim in team in uh, yep. Connecticut,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was also a swim team. So yeah. yeah. Well, uh, always Swamers been a water baby.
1: Retired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice.
0: Well, that's awesome. Good
1: Do you like to water ski?
0: <laughs> no, I don't. Like... <laughs> I, I'll keep my water activities adjacent to the water. I mean, I like to swim and all that stuff, but. Probably hey, a number one water activity being being by it. <laughs> <laughs> so we can leave it at that for now. But no, that's great. Um, we appreciate you coming in, Chris. Uh, Chris McGoldrick is the director of planning and economic development. And he was our guest here today on the Town Manager Download. Uh, so we appreciate you coming in. Um, Just a reminder to our listeners, if you have a question or comment, you can reach us at tmdownload at shrewsburyma.gov. On behalf of Taylor Galusha, I'm Kevin Mizikar. Thank you for listening.